Is this thing on? Episode number 31. Hey, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to episode number 31. And uh, without further ado, you see we got four of us today. And then there were four. So we're going to welcome Tom and Blake. Hello, hey, everybody. Hey, how are y'all? Tom Bates and uh, Blake Lunsford. Also the, uh, the team for the international association of <laughs> wood carvers you got it com. <laughs> anyway both good guys good carvers and uh we just gotta stop right there because uh i got something to say son mom do you think the kids at school are gonna pick on me again this year mom don't be silly, someone your own size. Why would you say that? Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> they get better and better, Doug. Thank you, though. It's nice to, I will say from my perspective, <laughs> it's nice to not be the only one who isn't laughing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was afraid that you weren't going to get it. <clears throat> fair, fair enough. But you seem to have got it. Fair enough. But so do these come straight from a book or they're like right off the top of your head? Are you not gonna you can't give your source out, I guess. Listen, when I find a good one, I keep it. That's all I can say. Yeah. Fair enough. Like yesterday, I went to buy some honeybees and uh went to the beekeeper and I ordered 12 and I got 13. And I said, uh, how much do I owe you now? And she goes, Don't worry about it, that's a freebie. Oh, oh no, that's no? bad. Oh, thank you guys no <laughs> thanks for having us all right yeah, thanks for coming out and yeah, uh, appreciate it <laughs> join us next saturday <laughs> where can we join you there, Blake? <laughs> I, I don't i don't know <laughs> well i'll answer that everyone can join us every saturday on zoom 3 p.m eastern standard time Zoom number 310-460-3575. Good job, Tom. You're hired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We don't have like a Zoom number. We, we should like, I think it would be a fun as a format to like have a guest on every once, like a couple times a year or something, you know, just a random guest from a drawing, like a draft. You should do that. Did we freeze? <laughs> Did we freeze? <laughs> <laughs> I think you like on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man. Yeah. Well, as as we do, let's just do a quick round of what have we been up to before we uh, dive in and grill our guests. Yeah, let's do that. Well, what's you been up to, Doug? What you been well, doing? I've been, I've been talking long enough. Let's jump over to Tom. What have you been up to? Sure. Well besides our Saturday meeting meetings, uh, I've actually dove back into the carving recently and I've gone down a sort of uh, rabbit hole, if you will, um, really following um, John Overby and kind of trying to get into his flat plane. I rewatched our video with John and just, you know, took it from there. And this kind of ties into what you guys were talking about with Alec and Vic and then Doug in your video last week of going from, uh, you know, better or good to better. And, you know, just to share, and this is, you know, you guys always talk about how it's good for YouTube, but, yep. you know, four years ago, I did something similar to, you know, this bunny, you know, standing yep. on an apple crate. And it, this is me today kind of trying to go down, you know, the, the John Overby flat plane, you know, you change of thing, you know, mm -hmm. but I can't, I can't keep those planes flat, but it's something to practice. <laughs> and, you know, it's something I've been, been working on. So that's me lately. That's super cool. Fun. Yeah, and it's hard it to see the planes in the video, but uh, I'm assuming that they're there. They're very, they're very subtle, and I have a hard time of not rounding them over. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. and it's. I would love John's are so flat, and you know, there's the angles you can see them all, and I just have a hard time not taking the edges off. I don't know why. Right. 
Yeah, it's something that I played with for a little while, trying to leave like, you know, maybe not so much flat plane, but sort of like geometrical carvings where you do a face, but you leave, if, but you'd almost like, what I had to do is go round because I almost don't know how to do anything but that. Like you say, I struggle with it. And then I'd come back in and then intentionally try and carve some planes in. That helped me. But I know that's kind of beside the point, right? Because the whole idea is to keep it like the tooled finish. But that's hard for me. But anyway, yeah, that's cool. kind of the way that's the way Ryan Olson teaches it is is mm. try to get the the some symmetry, I guess, first. Yep. And then put in your planes and make sure that they balance on both sides. Right. Yeah. Ferris talks about that too. Jeff uh Ferris is a was I literally taught a chainsaw carving class and Jeff happened to be there and he walked downstairs from the uh his bedroom in the shop above us in this uh, shop, Abby Peterson's shop. And he was like, well, you know, one thing you can do to help you with your proportions. And he was just throwing out all this advice that was better than anything I had to offer. So that was awesome. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was saying that, right. Just even in these realistic portraits, he'll keep everything super plain, you know, with obvious planes. So you can see the shapes, you know, it's easier to see a flat plane if it's out of proportion than like round surfaces um, on either side or out. So so that's what Tom's been up to. <laughs> Good job, Tom. Good job, Tom. Uh, go ahead, Blake. You got something? What are you uh, working just, on? Yeah, for me, I, I, I went to the Charlotte show a couple of weekends ago. Um, so a lot of the time that I was spending carving was getting ready for that show. And uh, I always look forward to going down there and doing the time carving competition. Uh, I don't know if you all, I, I think maybe Alex done it, maybe on a, a bigger scale. Uh, but in Charlotte, they give you a block of wood and an hour and a half. Really? And you see, yeah, you see what you can come out uh, out of that block of wood in an hour and a half. Yeah, so it's trying to keep your digits out of the way, not cut yourself, and also try to come up with a piece that you can actually tell what it is. So uh, did this guy, I don't know, lighting's kind of bad. Yeah, that's super day. well. Yep, it's awesome. Yep. And then I ended up doing a full full guy on the second day. So Wow. That's in the Just time. Doing that. What's that? That's all in an hour and a half. Yeah, an hour and a half. They and everybody wow. gets the same piece of wood. So the first day you get a two by two by six. Uh, the second day they gave us a one and a half inch by one and a half inch by six. Jeez. And, wow. Yeah, they they sit down in front of you and say, "Here, have at it." Of course, the judges are carving with you while you while you're carving, and then they put them all on the table and I judge them. So that's it's a fun fun thing. I look forward to that probably more than you know just putting stuff in the in the contest. Yeah, no, that sounds like fun. That's amazing. Yeah. To get that much done in an hour and a half is absurd, man. That's seriously insane. So, in the round? Yeah, we yeah, we had about uh, 15 carvers each day participating in it. So, yeah, mm. a lot of fun. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, one, one of these years, I want to make it down there. Yeah, we need to all converge on the show somewhere. Was this the yeah. show that Vic was competing at and won Best of Show in? He did. Yeah. I saw him come in uh, on Sunday, I guess, to come in and pick up his stuff, but he wasn't there the whole weekend. He just came in like Sunday afternoon. You got to be okay. there at four to pick it up. So I saw him when, as we were getting ready to leave. Okay. That's yeah. Awesome. But he carved this girl, uh, a girl with the moon behind it and stuff, her hair. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that piece or not, but it was pretty amazing. Good stuff. Did you see that one, Doug? No, I didn't. <laughs> nope. No, I'll have to check it's, it out. It's super, super awesome. He sent me a picture uh, right right around the time he won at that show. And uh, I don't know if I can find it, but he was working on it last. I was uh, visiting him in the shop and it was like a crazy, crazy good car. I mean, I was like blown away. So, yeah. yeah. And it was huge too. It was, I don't yeah. know what the size was, but it was a big piece. Massive, like a massive yeah. piece. So super, super cool. Yeah. Are you looking for it? Yeah, I was going to try to find it. Yeah, I've got a picture of it here. I don't I don't think it'll show up on the screen, but. Uh... Yeah. Yep. There it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's nice. Nice. yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He does. He's some. He does some amazing stuff. It's just insane. Yeah, but we had uh, about 150 carvers there. I don't know how many carvings that they put in the show, but it was it, I think it's the biggest show on the East Coast. So fun time did you get to meet the guy from wilson wildlife oh that's his instagram handle i can't remember his name mm, it doesn't ring i know well. who you're talking okay. about and I can't oh do you either. yeah i'm a huge fan so just curious so yeah. he messaged me about going so i'm not sure if you ran into him but he does these carvings i, I mentioned him a couple episodes back they look like they're transitioning out of like uh 
like a you know from a piece of bark into a bird it's really awesome nice yeah yeah, yeah his name's chris wilson about. there you go yeah. thanks yeah. yeah wilson wildlife sculpture mm. yeah so good man he's awesome uh, that's where that, the the daily wood carving comes in i've got all these guys in my head i just can't they pull their name out at the, <laughs> the drop that's, of a dime yeah that's awesome sounds Fantastic. like the encyclopedia of wood carving yeah got everybody what about you Doge? yeah doug what have you been doing well i was uh well last week i kind of hinted to i was doing a little side separate little project i didn't want to talk about yet but uh i started talking about it <laughs> i just all i was doing was i was making all these little uh little tiny miniature uh miniature carvings that were uh kind of a nod to the old jack price days where they the goal was that they all fit into a film canister and i was just going to call them all pocket carvings so i think for the listeners of our podcast then you'll know that i have a uh, summer fodder for uh videos more of a traveling uh traveling type tutorials that you can just take a tiny piece of wood i don't know that i'll stick with the uh with the little uh tiny piece of wood but maybe just one inch by two inch you know one inch square by two inch tall but uh, yeah we're gonna need some tiny carvings like on the go pocket carvings i had done the uh the penguin oh, a month or so back and uh it seemed to went really well and people like the smaller carvings, so i might go off on a little little tangent for the summer but uh, otherwise, I did a, another video on YouTube, and that's with the uh, little little bunny bust that I was uh, carving. So I never did make it to the cottonwood bark one yet, but I'm, I'm headed there. Right, That's my next project. But uh, this is a fun little bunny, a little bit more, uh, not as goofy as I have made him in the past, but uh, he's kind of a Peter Rabbit looking guy. So Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So... Yeah, but otherwise, not too much. Did some uh, Easter Island heads. Yeah, just, cool. uh, I like that a lot. Pra just uh, practicing yeah. for, for future videos because I had, again, I had done one in the miniature and, and everyone kept asking about it, but he's stemmed off that one from Soapstone that I probably did two years ago. And uh, so, yeah, we might see that in the future too, but that's about it, which is uh, probably enough because uh, I feel like I did a lot of carving. But so when yeah, you did those, those oh, wait, I'm sorry. When you did those minis, do you keep them that small, or did you do them on the stick like you did the penguin? Are you you like at you know a la Steve Tomashek, really small piece of block of wood? I actually uh, I did not do that. It's funny we we're everybody seemed to be on the same wavelength that week because gene messer put out videos about keeping them in a row on a block and just carving the tops off and but i was carving all these little ones because i i, I had big plans to go a different direction about talking about this but now i'm okay to talk about it because the whole idea was i was going to make a whole little uh, group of of uh, these little pocket carvings and the whole idea was that you would just carry that's your carving and so that's why I didn't want to leave it six inches long. I just wanted it. This is your carving. You just open the, the lid and uh, take out your little piece of wood and whittle away and put it back in your pocket. So, but definitely it's easier to with a longer stick. Hey, back to those island guys. Were those stained or is that paint that you put on there? So, this is, this is butternut. This one's yep. butternut. And that's just uh, has a, a a feed and wax mix on it. Is it okay? No stain at all. No stain at all. And then this one here is well, three shades of paint, and then I and I I flecked it with black and white spots to kind of give it a bit of a stone look. Gotcha. Doesn't really show up very good on that, but. So Doug's showing his uh, Easter Island carvings, two two different types of finish on these uh, butternut. And... Yeah. What was the other wood that you said that one was butternut too? So the other one was basswood. Basswood, yeah. But I, I just painted it up, <clears throat> Sh nice. shadowed it, put some shades in it. But that's enough about me. What has Alec been up to? You know, this earlier this week, of course, coming back from uh, – from visiting Abby, I started to poke around a little bit with this uh, chainsaw carving, this uh, Native American head, the bust that I, I did for the class. And usually 
when I'm teaching, I'm not getting very much done because I'm mostly trying to help people with stuff. And this, this class, I, uh, it was a long class and there were only three students. So I had a lot of time. So I got to do, uh, I got pretty far, actually farther than I've probably ever gotten on a carving in a class. And uh, it was just the, the most fun I've ever had uh, teaching. And, uh, but part of what I was doing this week was playing with uh, something that, again, to bring up Ferris, he was talking about when he came down to visit our, our workshop, he was saying that the way that he carves bases, and have you guys seen Ferris's work or his bases oh, yeah. at all? Can you picture what I'm talking about? I've got one of his books, yeah. That's great. Great. So one of his kind of feature things is he'll do these busts and, you know, naturally no arms. And so the chest kind of like transitions into this base form. And a lot of times the form will point back in some way to the, to the carving. And he was saying that's very much intentional. Like when you look down at a base and it's just a block, he says like your eye, the corners of that block point to the ground. And so it draws your attention right to the ground. Right. And so when you add movement to the base, uh, and, and an upward movement, ideally, you pull the viewer back up into the carving. And so part of what I was playing with is, it, you know, see if that's true. Is it true? Like when I do that and, you know, maybe what kind of shapes are conducive to getting your eyes back to the, the piece? Is that a real you know thing? So playing with that a little bit. And uh, so, I, you know, it's kind of hard to tell in the picture here, but I was working on, uh, you know, a base. So this is what it kind of rounded you know now you can't really see the forms in that picture but i was playing with uh some shapes of course this is how it uh started let's see if i yeah so block you know just basically a block which is cool um but trying to give it a little bit more movement and uh just test testing things out see if i like it part of me though kind of likes the way the base looked just a big block yeah no that looks good for nice. the audio yeah so yeah. And that cedar really lends itself. It adds a unique, you know, color to it. The, the the color of your cedar down there. Yeah. Right. No, I liked it. And so it was a little sad to cut it off, but either way I'm learning. And uh, so I filmed that, as you can tell, I could film that process and uh, put it on the internet. So, uh, well, actually it's about, no, it, yeah, it is. And I called it uh, I, on fundamentals woodcarving. I call it all about that base. <clears throat> Boy yeah yeah it's bad it's bad i know um dom have you seen cedar that color your way no i i've only ever seen the the cedar that color when alec and i were talking back and forth about building saunas because we were building saunas around the same time and he mm. sent me a picture because ours like up here is, is like almost pure beige yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 i forgot that you have a sauna yeah we were building it around the same time so i think yeah. we were kind of going back and forth a little bit yeah well and that's like that was super exciting for me to see because it's like who does that first of all like not a lot of people do that and most of my friends are like so Alec, how does it feel to be a stupid idiot you know like that's while we're in the sauna you know like how does it feel feel to have spent this much money on this luxury you don't need you know you don't need but seeing you do it was like hey see i'm not that dumb no don't regret it at all yeah right no that's super Never. nice yeah do yeah. you use it often hey, through the winter we were in it every day <clears throat> Wow. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to see the electrical bill though. No, <laughs> right. no, I neither do you want to see mine. Mine got up to five, almost $500. One oh, you one beat one. us. Did I? Yeah. 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 So, oof. but I also had five, I counted four space heaters running 24 seven to heat my house and shop. Winter was rough. So, <laughs> oh man. Oh, well, we brought the, you guys on because of uh what you do for the uh carbon community with the iawc pq or international association wood carvers but obviously you have your own stories and uh tom is also uh running the daily wood carving on instagram as well so uh how uh just we'd love to hear your story and how you guys got started carving if you want to give a quick little story of starting to to where you are today yeah. Okay. So um, I just actually looked it up. It was two, 2017. Um, I broke my foot playing hockey. So, you know, naturally I needed something to do because I can't just sit around and watch TV because I, I work construction and, you know, I can't just sit around, couldn't go to work. So 
got a knife and found this funny looking fella on YouTube who was carving, uh, I think they were called uh, hillbillies or something like that. Oh, um, so anyways, go down this rabbit hole of learning how to carve Doug's hillbilly. And, you know, now it's five years on, haven't looked back. But in the, in the beginning of that, I decided I got to start cataloging things I'd love to learn how to carve. And here we are five years later, I just hit 30,000 followers on uh, Instagram with, I think, 1,800 posts or something like that. So in five years, I haven't missed a day of posting, you know, the, the everyone else's work, people that I'd love to, you know, be able to carve like one day. So, yeah, so I only saw probably one other picture of mine on there out of 1,800. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, wow. I challenge you to go all the way back to the first post dog and tell me who the first post was. I'll have to, I'll have to do that in my free time. But... <laughs> uh, but yeah. That's my story about getting into wood carving. So uh, did, did you, uh, did, obviously it took and, uh, what, what, what was it that you liked the, the, mo the most about it? Like what was your, uh, well, I the, like you the, the draw. Yeah. Yeah, I, I work with my hands and always have, and I've never been one to just, you know, sit down and just veg out. I mean, as much as I do, sometimes I, I can't do it for hours and hours, but this is kind of one of those things that calmed the mind, you know, calms yeah. the hands and it gives you something to do. And like, I, like I travel with it now, I, I put a stick of wood in the truck and uh, uh, a knife and I carve before I get to work and, or I carve after work or when I'm waiting for somebody. So yeah, it just, yep. cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Are you, did you consider yourself artistic in any way? Not at all. I, right. I'm like most of the, the wood carvers that we talk to that can't draw a stick man. Yep. You know, and I, I look to others for inspiration, you know, like I, I said, like yours and, you know, Blake Santa, I've carved, I think I started carving Blake Santa last year and I carved about 15 of them. Wow. So I look to others to learn from and they draw inspiration and then, you know, round the corners off. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You and me were the same. <laughs> How about you, Blake? So my story goes back to probably 2002. Um, and I, I kind of stumbled upon carving, you know, really stumbled upon it. I was in Dollywood, which I don't know if you all know what that is, but it's an amusement park here in Tennessee. Um, owned by Dolly Parton. And in Dollywood, there's a wood carving shop there that you can go in and, and actually see carvings and stuff. And so the day that I, I remember it pretty well, I walked in there and, you know, there's all these carvings on the walls and on tables and stuff. And there was a guy in the back and he was back there carving. So I, I thought I'd go back there and check out what he was doing. Went back there and started talking to him. And he's like, yeah, we offer classes. If you want to come in and take a class, you can come in and spend two days with me and you'll end up doing three spirit faces uh in two days and you know you should have a pretty good carving by the time you're done so left there thought about it some thought you know i'd really like to do that i can take a weekend and come back and do that and just i thought it'd be a one-time thing so together in the class went back uh ended up doing the three carvings they turned out great uh took them home with me set them on the shelf didn't think another thing about it uh, a couple of years later um my wife's diabetic and um you know she became pregnant with our our only child and diabetics spend a lot of time sleeping, resting, especially when they're pregnant and not supposed to do stuff. Um, she wasn't on bed rest, but the doctor kind of encouraged her not to do a whole lot. Um, and so I decided at that point, hey, maybe I want to get back into carving. So I went down to Charlotte and went to a woodcraft store down there, picked up a, a set of uh, flex cut tools and a block and just started carving there. Um, didn't really do anything with it at that point, but, um, decided to hop on uh, the internet and try to find something that I could, um, some way I could learn. So I found the wood carving illustrated forum, uh, and that was way back, you know, in early, early days before Facebook came along and Instagram and all that stuff. Um, got on the forum and met some guys that were local, um, that had the same interest that I did. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a carving show in Hickory, North Carolina, and we're going to have a carving show in Charlotte, North Carolina. You ought to come to those shows. And they were both pretty close together. So I ended up going to those shows and meeting some of those guys that I'd communicated with online, never met in person, but went down there and met them in person. And some of those guys that I met them are some of my best friends now. It's people that I still, you know, I was talking about going to Charlotte earlier. 
some of those same people I see in Charlotte every year or, you know, up until COVID. Uh, and we still get together and carve quite a bit. So kind of catapulted me into wanting to get better and learn stuff and, you know, going to those shows every year, picking up tools and knives and books and that kind of thing. So I've uh, been doing it a while, but uh, really enjoy it. That's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, no, that's uh it's got to feel nice. It's it's got to feel nice to have uh, friends who are also woodcarvers. Imagine that would be like such a positive thing to experience. You know. Yeah, and I, I credit a lot of those guys in pulling me along because some of those guys just kind of took me under the wings and said, yep. you know, come on, let's I'll, I'll show you this stuff and come out of the house and I'll teach you what I'm doing and that kind of thing. And it would otherwise I probably would have put it down and never picked it back up. So yeah. right. well, it's hard to carry another woodcarver for too long on a podcast. Oh sorry yeah no doug's always <laughs> trying to show me things that i'm you know that's creepy yeah you, you've come a long way there al you know yeah yeah thank you i that. appreciate it i appreciate yeah. it yeah i'm becoming you know just a real man so that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> uh, well somehow this is a, a strange dynamic because uh on the left side of my screen is canada and on the the right side is the Americans. And mm. here's the, the, the funny thing about the internet is how none of us have ever met. That's right. You two are partners and I know Alec, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you not calling us partners though. That's, I know. <laughs> that's poor guy. But anyway, what I wanted to get to was how, what was the, how did the International Association of Woodcarvers start how did you guys decide or what was the the thought process and how did you even meet each other to even to go there with well, the idea well you know you know me on instagram dog i'm annoying and i bug people especially like you know like you for one i've yeah. bugged you for a long time same with blake i bugged blake all the time but Blake being the nice guy that he is, he always answered my questions about carving. Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> oh. Ooh, not Ouch, like me. <laughs> he is a better friend. <laughs> but anyways, I hounded him for the longest time and we, we, we talked back and forth about starting and doing something. And it was the beginning of the pandemic that Blake had this great idea to do live meetings because we couldn't meet. And, you know, Blake used Blake has said like he goes to shows I've never been with a I've never carved with another carver I've never been to those things so I knew nothing about shows so this is you know Blake came up with this fantastic idea that's awesome I had no that's we, a great uh, question yeah sorry we originally talked about doing a podcast so it was going to be kind of this format really more just recording and sticking it out on the internet talk about carving and see where it went there's no way um, but, you're going to do a format like this, Blake. Well, <laughs> probably less than this, yes. Probably less than a little bit more professional, maybe, I believe. But but I go know. ahead. Sorry I to interrupt. Yeah, yeah we, we decided to, uh, to reach out to some carvers that we knew, and some of them were quite well known, like Larry Green was our first person, and he's been carving 50 years. And, uh, you know, some of these big-name carvers jumped on board with it and said, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's see where it goes. So, We've been pretty fortunate to have some good presenters come on that's allowed us to build a community that, uh, you know, seems to continue to thrive. So it's been good. Yeah. One of the things that we really tried to, to you know, encapsulate was these stories and these, these tr tips and tricks that all these carvers had. And, you know, one of the things that we really want to do is draw a younger audience in and, you know, keep carving going. Cause you know, one of the things like I, like we're probably like young carvers, most of the carvers are retired guys. They've been at it for a long time. So, you know, we want to keep these stories, you know, around as long as possible. It's true. I think we are the four youngest people to have ever been interested in carving. Don't forget James <laughs> Ray Miller. That's right. right. That's all right. Yep. You know, no, all, all kidding aside, it is truly a, <laughs> It does. It is a little bit geriatric sometimes. It's it's true. So, but it's well, amazing to see some of the people that come on. I mean, we we're seeing a lot of younger carvers coming on and asking questions, and you know, are interested just because they've ran across it on YouTube or whatever. So. Well, for the uh, for the listeners, run us through just a, a Saturday <laughs> Zoom call. Now, if if you can't be on the Zoom call on the Saturdays, they're recorded and they're put on YouTube. Correct. 
So you, yeah, uh, we, we take every, every meeting that we do. And we decided this back in the beginning that we would record them. Uh, we knew that everybody couldn't meet on three, three o'clock PM Eastern Saturday afternoon. So let's put them out there so that people that miss it can come back and watch them. Um, and it kind of worked out as a good format for us. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's the thing about being international. I know when I've done live streams to me, the perfect time is like seven or eight o'clock at night. And then you got being international, the internet is huge. It's the world, you know, and, and people are sound asleep and our prime time for us. So yeah, that's a good idea. Well, just to show how international we are, we've had people sign on from Japan. And now this is 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we've had people live from Japan, which I think it was the middle of the night for that guy. We often have some people from Germany, Spain, and there's quite a few in the UK that show up every week. So uh, there's a lot of Australians too. Yeah. Yeah. We had a pre I, presenter from Germany the other day. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I have more, more viewers from the UK than Canada. So wow. Yeah. Most of my views seem to come from my hometown, uh, surrounding kind of my home and dad. Yeah. yeah <laughs> mostly your house. Yeah. And what's odd is my hometown is comprised of 300 odd people. Only one of whom knows who I am. So I'm not sure. Or my mom, I guess my dad too. So yeah, I don't know. Confusing. Do you play uh, your videos on replay every day? I think my mom might is what I'm <laughs> Well, the good thing is now that uh, now that you're growing up and bringing on the fiance, you have a whole new spring to uh, draw from and uh, get more views. That's right. That's true. I, I can get her replaying stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. That's very exciting. It's awesome. Um, yeah, it's one of the other things that you talk about getting younger people involved and getting folks from all over the world into carving. I think the community aspect of, of any, you know, given hobby, but carving in particular is what draws me to carving. Like I leave, I was talking about it last week and I leave Abby's house, a friend of mine, Abby Peterson. And when I've spent a day with him, I'm just, I'm home and I'm jazzed about carving. All I want to do is all I'm thinking about is carving. And so it's like, I think part of the joy of, of what you guys are creating is you're creating that energy, you know, you're creating that, that positive feedback loop. People get really into, uh, into carving through you guys and Doug does the same thing. And so it's awesome to see that. Well, the variety is fun too, that uh, yeah. there's so many avenues that people can, uh, can go down and uh, yeah. really, really shows how vast the carving world really is. Yeah. yeah, we've catered a lot to the caricature world, but we've had spoon carvers on there and we'd love to have more. We actually have a, a guy coming on in two weeks, I believe, to do a kooksa. He's going to carve a kooksa live, but we've had everything and we we're, you know, we don't turn anybody away. You know, bark carving, caricature carving, doesn't matter. You know, that's what we're all about. Fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> so one, yeah. So one other thing I was thinking about in terms of, uh, you know, topics for today and questions to ask you guys. Well, and, and actually, Tom, you alluded to it uh, earlier is um, talking about the importance of collaboration in carving. And, you know, I just mentioned Abby, you know, I, I wrote a little article for a friend of mine named Dr. David Strubler. He is a, he's a writer and a great guy I've interviewed on my other podcast. Uh, and he talked about um, uh, the importance of interdependence uh, uh, on that podcast. And it's kind of his like his whole MO, like his whole purpose in life is to talk about how, especially in Western civilization, what, what, you know, Western culture, we don't rely on each other as much as maybe we once did. Um, we aren't as connected as maybe we once were face-to-face. Uh, -face. You know, the front porch model of living is kind of gone. Like, most people don't really know their neighbors in favor of following somebody uh, who they've never met, right? And so one of the things he talks about is the positive effects of collaboration with uh, other people in person, you know, real, real interconnection um, or virtual like ours, right? And, you know, the idea is that when two people come together, they can create something that's greater than the sum of their parts. Like as an example, uh, when Abby and I first met, we did a collaboration uh, because he was like, man, you know, I think it'd be really cool if we did some sort of like, uh, you know, uh, you know, hour long challenge, you could do a full bust 
And I'm over here like, what is he talking about? An entire life-size bust of a face, you know, in an hour. He's like, man, I think we can do it. Like, you can do the head. I'll get everything ready. So we roughed this thing in. In 20 minutes, we had it. We were filming it. And uh, I spent the remaining 40 minutes. And by the end of it, we were staring at this thing. We were both so jazzed because he couldn't have done that in an hour if he had an hour. There's no way in heck I could have done that if I had an hour, right? There's just absolutely no way. It would have been six to eight hours for either of us to do that carving. But because we both were working on it, you know, it was just, uh, we, we, we were psyched out of our minds. And so sometimes, you know, collaboration, you know, it's like, uh, you know, look at the Beatles, look at the, the melding of voices that, you know, those guys created something way bigger than just uh, the, them, you know? So it's like, you know, what I'm trying to say is uh, you guys are like the Beatles. Uh, yeah, that's Tom what I want like, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> You guys are my Beatles. Um, <laughs> I'm your Ringo. I, I was hoping more Simon and Garfunkel, but whatever. We go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess the wood carving is more conducive to the chiller vibe. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess they've all, they've all broken up by now. So, I mean, <laughs> your, feature, your feature's not looking good. <laughs> True. Well, having said that, and I'll throw this in there, this is uh, our two-year anniversary that's coming up Saturday. So we've uh, we've been going strong for two years. We started back at the beginning of COVID, and uh, it's a pretty big deal for us because we didn't know how long it was going to last. Uh, the initial thought was, let's do this through COVID because people weren't getting together. And uh, now all of a sudden, people are able to get together, and we're, st we're still doing it. We've had people reach out to us and say, hey, we want you all to continue to have these meetings. And so um, we're pretty uh, – pretty stoked on the stuff that's coming up you know in the next few weeks so it's well, let's let's uh let's talk about that because covid is one thing zoom is another thing how have you seen even the the you've taken classes and uh how have you seen like the internet changing the whole the whole way people learn now well you can you can handle that like you've you've taken classes online yeah, so um, I, I've taken advantage. I've tried to take advantage of of the available time, I guess, during COVID to take classes. And um, Dave Stetson and I've um, gotten a pretty good relationship, and so I've sat in on two or three of his classes. Um, and it, it, I think he said it best in that he doesn't have to leave the house, he doesn't have to get a hotel, he doesn't have to travel, he doesn't have to get the plane ticket to teach. Uh, he can have sixty students in a class at one time, and everybody's seeing the same thing. So. Uh, usually he does three weekends of class classes, uh, two days each weekend, so six days, and uh, you're able to see everything that he does um, during that whole time. So if you go to a live class and you're sitting with an instructor, especially in caricature carving, you know they're going to carve with you for ten minutes and they're going to move on to the next person, and then you're stuck kind of carving by yourself. But in these Zoom classes, you can really just sit down take it all in, they record them, they put them back out on the internet so you can go back and rewatch them. And uh, it, it, it's really pushed my skills, I know. And, you know, it's a good opportunity for people to take advantage of it and go out and, and learn when they can't get out or uh, they can't make it to, you know, Arizona where Dave lives to be able to take classes. So, Do you see that as a uh, going forward, like as the new, the new teaching, or do you think there's going to be a return to the uh, group teaching like it used to be, or it may never be the same or. Well, I think it's both. I know the renegade just got together down around Nashville and I think they had over 60 students down there. Okay. And so I think people were interested in getting together and, and meeting and talking and learning together. Uh, but I, again, Dave Stetson said, if I never leave the house again, I can, I can teach here and make as much or more money than I would on the road because if I have a class out on the road, I may have 12 students and then in class virtually I can have 60. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's some, there's some instructors that have no reason to leave and they can sit at their house and carve and teach people at the same time. So, yeah, I think it's, it, it's probably here to stay as long as, you know, zoom stays here or if there's some kind of uh, format that they can use other than zoom, uh, I think it's here to stay. Right. And hopefully we get some hybrid models out there where you get some guys that actually do like to carve or, you know, cause I like, I've never carved with somebody, but I'd love to sit down with somebody and, you know, have that, that one-on-one -on -one and actually, you know, cause it's hard sometimes to see through a camera angle, you watch some of our videos and you're kind of like, or even like watching someone carve and you're trying to figure out how they're holding their knife and whatever. Right. So hopefully we get some hybrid models of that, but yeah, I think zoom's here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
I'd love to, uh, I'd love to take, there are a lot of people in, uh, it's Italy that I've been following for a while that I would absolutely kill to take an in-person lesson from, but, uh, yeah, I'd jump at an online thing too, if they had it right. It's just a matter of them putting it together. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely a viable way. One thing I think we've talked about is we, we, I I've seen that a lot of the students are actually progressing further and have progressed further over COVID because they're actually doing the work. The, the right. teachers aren't. And so I've noticed it's kind of influenced the way that I teach now. And I I've gone to teach, I've taught a couple of classes since COVID has started to taper off and I don't touch their carvings very much at all. Uh, very little. And it's awesome uh, to, to teach and not have to worry about, uh, you know, you know, making 12 carvings, right. Just make one and teach. So. Well, and I've really heard that a lot of students like the fact that their instructor doesn't carve on their piece that they actually have to do it. Yeah. But in, in some classes, a lot of students like to come in and have an instructor carve their piece. They can go home and say, Oh, look what I did. Even though the instructor did the majority of it. So. Yeah. It's kind of a double-edged sword for some students, but you're right. If, you know, if somebody wants to learn and actually apply what it is that they're learning, you know, it's the best opportunity because they're carving the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely a new, a new landscape. You know, for me, when you say talking about, you know, Dave, it makes me question, uh, you know, how much of the, well, how much the internet is, you know, and the landscape of carving has changed and teaching has changed because, you know, I, of course, you know, a part of my income comes from teaching carving and I've taught in person, you know, for most of my, uh, you know, adult working life and even into my uh, teenage years, you know, 16 on, and I have uh, enjoyed online teaching. It's, and like, you know, Dave talks about, you know, it's so fun to be able to just not have to leave your studio. But right. there's an element of uh, teaching in person too that I do enjoy. Just uh, it, it it's something that you know I'll probably continue to do, but just on a smaller scale and maybe locally. I'm thinking uh, personally. I'm thinking more about doing things uh, you know here in the studio, and then also there we we have a clubhouse uh, at the lake that I live near, hosting events there. Uh, just doing like maybe like you know two or three times a year. Um, you know, an in-person workshop and then moving to mostly online outside of that. But that's a, that's a future dream goal for me. So. Yeah, hey, I'd be interested in that. Yeah. But then I'd have to go to your house. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Thankfully the borders are still closed, right, Doug? Do you know what the rules are right now, Tom? Because I have no clue whatsoever. Not a clue. I think I can go one way, but I'm not sure if I can get back. Or vice versa. So. Well, we wouldn't yeah. want to keep you, Doug, so you'd have to go back. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, Alex got his guitar out. Uh-oh. Is this where we sing, Blake? I think this is it. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Hey, hey Tom. You lead. I'll follow. <clears throat> Tomorrow is a very special day. Sure Let's is. all get together and sing happy birthday to Blake Lunsford. Y'all are killing me. <laughs> happy birthday. No, I, was just <laughs> I was like, what key is that, Doug? No, I couldn't put you through that. <laughs> I wanted him to, yeah, I wanted him to continue. Uh, no, I can't. I can't. He's... That's all I got. That was a stretch. That <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I'll say thank you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for stopping. Uh, mailbag everybody we're gonna oh, it's time. we're just gonna get right to the mailbag we don't really uh we don't think we need media you guys yeah you're the media today so yeah. i thought i'd read through we got a lot of comments and we always appreciate that and uh wanted to quickly uh doug do you wanted to uh thank some coffee people I would if we had coffee people this week, but we have no coffee people this week. No yeah, coffee think, people. Yeah, but before I even complain, I will apologize for last week's horrible audio. Oh, that's true. That we we missed the boat last week for some reason. <laughs> it, it was awful. Even to me, it was like it was bad. So yeah, we're uh, we're gonna keep a closer eye on it in the future. That's right. We will do that indeed. So what I thought would be fun is the questions that, you know, Tom and Blake can answer with us. You can join Jump in. Jump right in. Yep. Yeah. 
You can chirp, you little birds. All right, this is uh, <laughs> uh, Rob Acox says, Doug and Alec, Alec and Doug, do either of you have any experience with or opinions about the FlexCut MC100 10-piece deluxe set mallet tools? Who's going to take that one? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I do I not. Had, yeah, I had, I had the smaller set at one time. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have an opinion either way. It's just that I went with the file tools and uh, went with the full set and uh, yeah, didn't, didn't use them as much, but uh, mm. they are a, a great entry level tool. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, I see people use them all the time, but I don't really have any real true mallet experience. Even my, even my mallet experience is not really mallet experience because I'm really the bark doesn't need the mallet. I'm just yeah. using them as the tool, so I don't have any real world whooping on them. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and then he has a joke that uh, what's funny is about this joke is we've gotten this particular joke more than once in like the last couple of weeks. So Paul, oh, I, yeah. I can guess what this was. Yeah. Right. Go Haven't ahead. we though? Yeah. So he yeah. says, uh, what two things does a skeleton order when he walks into a bar? A beer and a mop. Terrible. Yeah. On account of he's just bones. Yep. Yeah. This flag right now. <laughs> 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 that was all right, so this is a fun question, and I'm curious your guys' answer to this. Uh, if either of you carved, of course, he's speaking to us, but obviously to you as well, carved a tobacco pipe. I think it'd be a really cool project to carve a pipe and I have, and then have a little puff on the porch. I don't smoke, so I'll probably puff and immediately vomit. Uh, do you have any knowledge in this area, types of wood finishes, uh, good combos? Onward and upward, fellas. Michael. Anyone with experience in carving a pipe? I no, have. Yeah, you you have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I did. Uh, my buddy Matt years ago was uh, obsessed with smoking pipes. You know, I think when you're 18, it's uh, all you want to do is uh, smoke tobacco products when you're uh, from where we're from, which is the middle of nowhere. And uh, so I, I carved him this design that he had drawn up, which was like a textured, it almost looked like a golf ball and a stick. And it wasn't very pretty, uh, but it did the job. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty fun. I don't remember it being all that much of a hassle, uh, but yeah, I've not done. Th then the other one, the other ones that I have done were like ornamental, like decorative pipes. Uh, but what I can say about that experience is I've learned what pipes are good to smoke with. Briarwood is one that's uh, supposedly like pretty pretty hard to carve but it holds uh you know holds up to heat really well um the one that i carved was maple um and i think you can for the most part get away with using maple and other hardwoods uh yep. but make sure and check into it of course maple is one of the best for us like briarwood is not here it's yeah from overseas right yeah and it's mostly the root but uh the maple so i've never carved a, a actual like a decorative pipe but i've done a, a bushcraft pipe with a uh, maple branch mm -hmm. and the good thing about a like a maple sapling or a maple branch is the pith can be hollowed just with a piece of wire in a drill mm -hmm. you can if you put a, a little a little uh, little edge you don't need an edge but just like a just kind of just squish the uh, a copper wire you can put it in a cordless drill and you can actually spin that right through the pith if you keep cleaning right. it out and that gives you the perfect stem mm. and then just drill into the bowl and you, you have a little uh, maple pipe. But uh, I've never carved one. I just made one out of uh, sticks. Yeah, but, that's awesome. Yeah, But there is some, there's some great, uh, great pipes out there with carvings on them. Oh, uh, yeah. Even the Meerschaum is the, uh, is that like a the white stone mm -hmm. from the bottom of the sea and stuff like that and yeah, there's some real artwork out there. Yeah, no, but there's definitely, uh, I want to try eventually one day amongst other projects, right? With the copious free time that we have, it'd be awesome to do, uh, it'd be awesome to do something like that, but who knows? Who knows? Tim Whedon says, uh, have uh, you, you mentioned spending time in Africa, Doug. 
Um, was this before you were bitten by the carving bug? Uh, and if you were already carving, then did you get to see any indigenous carving while out there? Uh, yeah, well, that was always been my example of when I always talk about the one tool option, because I always talked about the guy with the little skinny ads where he carved everything in the ads. Cause that, but that was just when I got into the, the city. But the carving is a real uh, cultural thing in Africa. And in the city, there was actually... Uh, for people, this was Burkina Faso, so there was actually a little uh, a, a kind of a co-op for the, the bush carvers to come in and, and sell their goods all in one place. But uh, in the past, too, I had not been a carver then, but uh, I was in Bolivia a couple of years ago back in the uh, in the Amazon jungle there, and uh, there were some carvers there, too, the same, exact same styles almost. But I was a carver then, and I got the carve, and I left a little a little man with a, a fellow there. So that's cool. That is cool. Yeah, and I don't know what kind of wood either. It's kind of fun just to go into the uh, the jungle and pick up a piece of wood and carve something. So yeah, that was fun. Hmm. Never yeah. done that. No. Look at us uncultured people. We're like, right. I mean, we, have you guys ever carved in any tropical woods before? No, nope. they're shaking their heads. Nope. Yeah. No. Yeah. Basswood tropical. Is basswood nope. tropical? Uh, <laughs> hey Google, is basswood tropical? On the website sfrc.ufl.edu, they say the basswood family includes 35 genera and about 300 species of tropical and temperate plants. There you go. There you go. Oh. Doug, wake up. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to name all 35. I was going, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Genus species number one. Is that, the, is that all the questions? That's all the questions. Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching yeah thanks <laughs> to uh blake and tom for uh joining us this week yeah super appreciate you guys 30 thanks seconds what's the show called carving international association yeah yeah anyway right, take thanks. your vitamins thanks, everybody guys. thank you guys for joining thank See you, you. Thanks, guys. appreciate it <laughs>